Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> Who the hell is that? You, you see you see how it's done there, Scott? You see the uh, kind of slack-jawed, lackluster. I didn't, hit the, I didn't hit the E's hard enough. Greetings. Greetings. <laughs> greetings. Yeah, greetings. Greetings. Got to get some enthusiasm behind it, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had to do shows without John. Uh, yeah, that blew, huh? Last couple of weeks. Well, yeah. you were off at, uh, I couldn't remember where the hell you were. You were at the MBAA uh, Yeah, in I was at Austin? the Master Brewers Conference. Austin? Annual conference. Austin? Yes, in Austin, Texas. Oh, there you go. So, it, uh, it probably said Argentina or something, but hey, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't that far. It's south from here. Yes. I told you it yes. was south. Yep. So I, I couldn't have been that far yeah. off. Yeah. East, east, uh, southeast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, awesome time there. Uh, Austin's a great city and uh, had a great nightlife down there. They're starting up their Halloween festivities a week early. So um, there's uh, quite a few costumes to see out on the, on 6th Avenue, which is like their, their main drag. Lots of bars and so on. And uh, but the conference itself was really interesting. Um, saw a lot of our mutual friends there: uh, Mitch Steele, Vinny, um, guys from Coronado Brewing. Um, who else did I see there? Ah, lots and lots and lots of folks we know from uh, our years in the industry here. And uh, so, a lot of good technical papers. Uh, very interesting. And I, I got to talk to. That was the nice part. And and you talked about water. Yeah, talked right. about water. Um, kind of, they did a nice program where they talked about um, brewing brewing fundamentals. Um, they so they had a series of water talks. Um, Deb Serta was there, uh, Rick Brundage, and a few others. Where we talked from, you know, essentially the outline for the water book that Colin and I put together. I mean, starting at the source water. How do you treat your source water? What do you look for in terms of impurities? Um, and up through, uh, you know, brewing water treatment and adjustment, um, which is what I talked about. They also had top uh, series of papers on wastewater and different wastewater techniques. So, um, really useful to everybody in the brewing industry. I'm wondering if we don't need to do another water ganza where we talk more about... Um Oh, water treatment or something. Yeah, I, su- I suspect we do. Um, you know, it'd be good to get Colin in you know, for those, too. 
as well as some other um, you know industry people that really focus on say wastewater treatment uh, because I know a lot of brewers at the conference were you know they're saying yeah we're growing we're going to be over a hundred thousand barrels this year and uh, uh, who was it some brewer, some brewer um, I'm trying to remember which brewery that was but anyway they said that yeah their water bill went from eight thousand a month to thirty two thousand a month when the city finally took notice of their discharge. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they had to start making some adjustments in there, how we're, they were dumping and so on. We're still working out our discharge. I mean, this, the city and the sanitation district wants to work with us and figure out, you know, exactly what we're discharging and how and uh, what the strengths are. And Yeah. So they haven't started charging us yet, but we're <laughs> this bill building up. I bet and, it will. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's very nice of them to you know want to get it right, but you know there comes a point where they're going to charge us for all this, and it's going to be something something uh, stunning, I think. Yeah, it's it's the high BOD that comes comes from breweries, the biological oxygen demand. Um, you have you know a lot of yeast and spent carbo you know, or or weak carbohydrates. You know what you th- what we think are weak carbohydrates going down the drain. But when all that hits the uh, hits the water treatment plant, um, it can overwhelm their capacity for treating BOD. And uh, the next thing you know, know that they've got uh, you know they've killed off their their bugs that do their uh, digestion and water treatment, and all of a sudden they've got to stop you know <laughs> mm-hmm. stop accept, accepting waste from everyone while they restart their cultures and stuff. Yeah, the, so. interesting thing for, for us, they were saying that it really isn't the BOD. Oh. It is really more that you have B, a high BOD over a certain point. It doesn't matter if it's massively higher or just a little bit higher. The fact that you're over a certain threshold triggers a different price. And oh, I, okay. I guess a lot of these places work that way. So it doesn't matter if you're hugely over or just a little over. What matters is the volume of wastewater you're putting down the drain. So mm-hmm. even though the fact that on most of the days we're like rinsing the floors and you know doing minimal stuff, the fact on certain days that we do have high BOD triggers a different price, and then all the water that you send down is calculated at that higher rate because uh-huh. there is a day where you go over the, the threshold, and the threshold's fairly low. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're either just pooping in your toilet or you're, you know, doing everything else. So that's that's where the, the cost comes in. And they were saying, you know, the way to actually cut your bill is to send less water down the drain. They go, it doesn't matter which water it is, just don't send as much down the drain. And the other thing is all these places calculate, they have no way of measuring the outflow so what they mm-hmm. do is measure the amount of water that goes into the building, and they consider that all going down the drain. Oh wow! So that's uh, a big difference, yeah. right? So um, what I've and and the reason we're, they're working with us is because I I told them I said, you know, we send a lot of our water out in packages. You know, beer is mainly water, mm-hmm. and you know the water that comes in. Uh, the the water that remains in that package that's going out the door. It's not going down the drain, or it goes out as steam, or it goes out uh, it held in the spent grains that the farmer feeds to his cattle. 
you know, there's a lot of ways the water leaves the building other than through the drains. And they're like, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, if you meter that water, we'll deduct that from the amount going down the drain. <laughs> so I set up a meter on our process water. And uh, I still need to set up a meter for uh, the main incoming water. But anyways, yeah. I think it's pretty, pretty fascinating. I, I bet you we could get uh, a number of uh, shows for a water ganza together. And as I said, we're going to cover your uh, uh, Q&A questions. If you have questions for us at Brew Strong, you can send them at brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, eventually we'll get around to them. Now what we started doing before we were, and we'll still do some uh, where we're just collecting random subjects together and doing a show uh like the previous couple but uh we're going to also start collecting questions together for topics like today we're going to cover water and so they're all q a questions around water and i think that's uh makes for an interesting show because uh you know we get uh questions where things we wouldn't have necessarily thought of to ask that's right uh, yeah and it you know helps you uh, the listener especially when it comes time to download an archive to you know find a particular show that you know may be talking about what you're interested mm-hmm. in rather than trying to skim through several right right uh, although all the shows are great and I'll tell you you know one of the reasons they're great is because we have great sponsors like Blickman Engineering check That's them out right. BlickmanEngineering.com uh, Blickman with two N's and then uh, like a B and then I'll ch uh check them out they got lots of uh interesting and innovative uh products for uh your brew day everything from uh great uh, top tier hop rocket to power of power driven goodies to, to electric uh, brewing systems too oh yeah right they're getting into the electric brewing they're always inventing new stuff which i which i find uh fascinating i like like having a sponsor that's always doing something new because uh you know uh, it's it's fun it's exciting it's interesting and then uh, when you go hang out with them at things like the uh, homebrewers conference yeah uh, you get to see all that cool stuff so yeah check them out check them out on their website check them out uh, at your local homebrew shop they they sell all this stuff through the homebrew shop so you, know, you can go to your homebrew shop and ask them to to see some of the blickman stuff uh very cool all right uh, like I said, today we're going to cover water as a topic, and um, I'll tell you this. Why don't we take a short break, and we'll come back. We'll get right into the first question about water after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer when it spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're doing a little uh, 
mini Ganza here. We're doing uh, uh, all your uh, Q&A questions about water. And uh, <clears throat> John, uh, Matt uh, from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, he was asking... Uh, he writes, uh, assuming that hydrogen carbonate ions react with an acid to get carbon dioxide and water, is it safe to assume that when you have water with high alkalinity, approximately 350 ppm, you can add an acid to a point where all the HCO3 has been uh, converted to H2O and CO2? If yes. Using, if using lactic acid, is there a point where alkalinity could be brought down to zero and you wouldn't have any lactic sour flavors? Will it start to show up before or after the HCO3 has been used up? Well, yeah, it depends on you know how much alkalinity you have in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can you can attack this two ways. One, you can you can say, okay, I've got, as he says, you know. Um, 200 or 300 parts per million of total alkalinity in mm-hmm. the water. Mm-hmm. And so you add an equivalent amount of uh, lactic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, in the case of total alkalinity as calcium carbonate, you would divide that number uh, by uh, 50 if it's as ppm of calcium carbonate. Mm-hmm. You divide it by 50, that's the equivalent weight, and get the number of equivalents. Um, so, say, 300 divided by 50 equals 6. So you got six equivalents. You would therefore neutralize that by adding six equivalents of acid. Mm-hmm. How do you know how much an equivalent of acid is? Well, what you do is you, you create a one normal concentrated concentration solution of that acid. Um, a, a normal is a uh, it's a chemical unit that describes one equivalent per liter. So, um, in other words, that six equivalents that you're trying to neutralize, you would add, um, say, six liters of a one normal solution to your mash, or in the case of, uh, since we're talking about milliequivalents and parts per million, it'd be um, uh, six milliliters of acid in this case mm-hmm. per one liter of uh, water to neutralize that acidity, or sorry, that alkalinity. Um, so that's that's the basic methodology. You're adding an equivalent amount of acid to counter the equivalent amount of alkalinity in the water. Um, now, does it? The second part of the question: Does it affect the flavor? Um, that depends on your personal taste to a large extent. Uh, there have been a couple of different um, taste studies on um, lactate and lactic acid. Um, Generally, the threshold for most people is in the 300 to 400 ppm range. Um, So, I don't know what the equivalent weight of lactic acid is at the moment, but um, basically, if you replace, you know, the alkalinity with lactic acid, you will uh, sooner or later hit, hit a concentration where you may taste it. Um, well, and is is the, you know, as far as the equations go and the mathematics of the situation, I'm sure that, you know, this is all true. Mm-hmm. However, is it a perfect process or an imperfect process where you, you're adding this acid and perhaps not all of it uh, is used up in 
dissociating, uh, you know, or the water and the CO two and or well, theoretically, it it should it should be one to one. Theoretically, uh, yeah. So, but the reaction kinetics are slow. Um, in other words, you add the acid, and it takes time for all of that calcium carbonate to dissolve and change state from car- carbonate to bicarbonate uh-huh. to carbonic acid, uh, and then break down from carbonic acid into carbon dioxide and water. Um, the agitation of the water to right. drive off the carbon dioxide Seems will definitely... Also, you'd need to, you know, yeah, to circulate the water to make sure that, you know, yeah. all, all the ions are, you know, come in contact with what they need to come in contact with in order right, to make right. uh yeah so yeah i mean that that's another aspect to this to this problem so where you would have to agitate the water get thorough mixing uh drive off the carbon dioxide so it didn't stick around <coughs> you know conceivably if it was a sealed container yeah you'd you'd change the uh ph and you know reduce all that uh bicarbonate um, but if the carbon dioxide didn't have anywhere to go, it just dissolved right back in, mm-hmm. uh, potentially. So, well, it would um, hit some sort of equilibrium, wouldn't it? it would, yeah, yeah. It would. You'd, you'd get some sort of a balance, and that's what I'm saying. It isn't fully one way or the other. It's uh, you know, there's some imperfection in the uh, in the system there. Right. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why when people do these things, that's why another reason why you end up tasting, uh, you know, some sourness or yeah some some aspect of that mm-hmm. lactic mm-hmm. taste yeah i mean and you don't have to use lactic you can use i mean most modern breweries or i should say most commercial breweries use phosphoric acid mm-hmm. because it has you know much more neutral flavor right um, the thing you run into with phosphoric is that you you have the the, the um, potential to precipitate the calcium that's in the water Mm-hmm. as calcium phosphate or calcium apatite actually mm-hmm. and um which can be annoying because you want typically want that calcium in there for good you know beer clarity and, and etc mm-hmm. so. okay well and uh you know for home brewers you know you can get phosphoric and you can get lactic it's just um mm-hmm. <clears throat> i think it's easier to get a higher concentration of lactic for home brewers for some reason yeah uh, versus uh, phosphoric, and we can get phosphoric. We're using phosphoric, but you know, seventy-five percent phosphoric is not something they're going to sell at the right. brew shop. So yeah, yeah, you can you can buy ten percent phosphoric at your brew shops, and there's tables in uh, the water book that show how much to use to neutralize your know, to create a one normal solution or to. How much that will neutralize? How much? Uh, how many equivalents that will neutralize? Mm-hmm. So all those equations are in there uh, with examples. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Slackerlack writes uh, dog meat and home slice. So <laughs> I am clearly dog meat. So you must be home slice. Yeah. Or is that, is that like home, um, home boy and dog meat? Is yeah. uh, homeboy is uh, 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 Chris White, and I've always been dog meat. So 
You are now home slice. <laughs> isn't that isn't that a uh, like a fried sausage patty? What's that called? <laughs> what home slice or dog meat? Yeah, home I slice. Mean, if you're eating dog meat, I, I think you need to. Uh, I think you need to <laughs> get more food stamps or something. I yeah. don't know. Seems like I had that in Denver one time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had uh, pheasant fifty percent pheasant, fifty percent rattlesnake sausage when I was in Denver. Interesting. I had yak sausage. I had uh, bison. I had uh, wild boar. And what else? Um, I don't know. It was absolutely fantastic. I had it with my buddies, uh, Travis and Matt. We were chilling at uh, Prost, and they had a, a great uh, sausage cart out front. Uh, a couple of pot-smoking hippies uh, serving <laughs> sausage. Uh, Dog Town or something like that. Wonderful guys. Just Absolutely incredible sausages. If you're ever out in Denver, uh, seek them out. Well worth it. Highly recommended. Between the three of us, we ate 10 sausages with the buns and everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And we're like, well, you know, I'm like, we're really hungry. How about we get five or <laughs> six? You know, I'm like, oh, we're going to be stuffed to a piece. We ate that. And then we're like, you know, we still haven't tried the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the you know, yeah, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was just all so, so freaking good. Uh, all right, dog meat and home slice. Get distracted here. Dog meat and home slice. When working on a commercial size steam jacketed brew kettle, let's say 15 barrels, do you need to worry about calcium buildup within the jacket on the kettle? Should you filter the water that is going to be boiled to reduce calcium buildup? Yes. There I mean, basically, That's you've another got a solid, detailed answer from Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just so that, you know, there's no no doubt in all of everyone's mind. Um, yeah, I mean, if you re- really want to, you know, invest in the longevity of that boiler or of your boiler and your um, your brew kettle, um, the water that you used in your boiler should be as mineral free as possible. Um, I mean, and and the the boiler uh, maker um, should have given some guidelines on feed water for the boiler. Um, generally, you know, low low in uh, carbonates, um, low in carbon dioxide. Um, it'll have. I'm trying to think what what it will have. Sulfur. No, it's it's some. Was it chlorides? I think they put some chlorides in. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, another. Yeah. And, and basically, they they do put some like uh, you know radiator fluid type stuff in there <laughs> to um, kind of reduce the corrosivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it should be a pretty mineral free water because um, the boiler. You know, you'll get. Uh, boiler scale building up in the boiler mm-hmm. that's going to be dumped out and purged. Um, and if that, if the carbonates, the carbonate, if carbonate is in the water and is turned to steam, that'll become carbon dioxide in the jacket of the um, of the boiler. Uh, it's not the boiler, the kettle. Sorry, mm-hmm. in the kettle. If that condenses in there. Then you get you can get pretty high concentrations of carbonic acid, mm-hmm. and that carbonic acid will eat holes in the jacket of the kettle. 
So, yes, you do want to um, take steps to um, filter the water, but also soften the water to get the carbonates out. Um, and in this case, when we say soften, we mean demineralize, get the, get the carbonates out, especially because that's, that's what you need to get out of there to prevent the carbon dioxide from forming. Yeah, you know, and I'll I'll add to it. You know, we have a, a two million BTU boiler, and uh, uh, you know, we're not really worried about the the kettle itself because it's you know the kettle's it's all stainless. So the the jackets, things like that, it's it's you know a lot more um, durable and less of an issue. What the issue is is the boiler itself. And like John's saying, if it gets too acidic, it can uh, you know corrode the boiler. You also have uh, oxygen. You got to worry about oxygen. So yeah. the <clears throat> what we do is we uh, uh, use a water softener to provide the the makeup water for the, the boiler because you don't want scale to build up in the boiler and reduce the efficiency of the boiler, clog things up. And then you also um, uh, we use a boiler additive chemicals and they they have uh, sulfur in there which helps scavenge the oxygen That's and right. then they also have uh, 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 other uh, compounds that are added for uh, keeping the pH uh, high and uh, cost a fortune but uh, it's uh, critical so we soften water and then all these uh, these chemicals but the concern is really you know the 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 piping that carries the steam and the boiler itself because the the brew kettle that's you know uh all stainless and if we needed to we could probably recirculate acid through the thing and and eat away any uh calcium buildup that would form in the jackets mm-hmm. so, yeah if but if you get oxygen as you say or, mm-hmm. or carbon dioxide forming in the jacket to the to the um, kettle as well, mm-hmm. you can also get corrosion there, even though it's sure. stainless. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's um, you know, but the the boiler's the thing that rots out real quick, uh, right? And something like that, and and a lot of times the boiler is far more expensive than rejacketing a, a kettle, even. All right, let's see here. Let's uh, why don't we take another short break? When we come back, we'll do more water questions after this. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. BN Army, I'm here to talk 
talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down meat when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names. Manly Meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. One of the last things many brewers try to master is the ingredient that makes up most of their beer, water. Brewers Publications is pleased to announce Water, a comprehensive guide for brewers of all levels by how-to-brew author John Palmer and professional brewer Colin Kaminsky. Hi, I'm John Palmer. This book is the result of many years of asking the tough questions about water to professional brewers and brewing scientists, and we are very pleased with how it turned out. It's the first book that is solely about water treatment throughout the brewing process. The book is intended for all brewers, from home brewers for professionals and we hope you like it from how to read a water report to treating your wastewater and everything in between water is the comprehensive guide you've always wanted on brewing's least understood ingredient flavor contributions water chemistry and adjusting water to styles of beer john and colin will teach you everything you need to know water is available from brewerspublications.com and fine brewing booksellers near you take the mystery out of your brewing water visit brewerspublications.com for your copy of water today Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, they've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract so you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. 
shows where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head Brewer Colin Kamensky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for Riverside Dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zainashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Let's see here. Tony writes uh, a question about biocides in municipal water. Hey, guys, I'm trying to fix a phenolic flavor that appears especially in my lighter ales. I'm currently using potassium metabisulfite to treat my tap water to remove chlorine and chloramine. And I treat the mash and sparge with phosphoric acid to control the pH below 6. Approximately 5.4 for the mash, 5.8 for the sparge. I haven't ruled out contamination by wild yeast other organisms, but I was reviewing my water report, and there are some chemicals listed that I don't recognize. According to my little bit of research, these are biocides which interfere with DNA somehow. The three chemicals I don't recognize are bromochloroacetic acid, uh, bromodichloroacetic acid, and chlorodibromoacetic acid. <laughs> Will potassium metabosulfite take care of these compounds as well? Am I better <laughs> off buying spring water? Of course, I won't know the components or filtering the tap beforehand. Yeah, he's talking about the haloacetic acids, um, HAA5. Um, they're a common water disinfection byproduct, mm-hmm. and they do have uh, some effects on beer flavor. Um, typically, typically in a wa- in a in a water supply from the city, uh, they would be below threshold. Because mm-hmm. um, they do take pains to monitor those. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, maybe in this, I don't know, if, in maybe in this case, he got a notice from the city saying that, hey, the HAA5s are over threshold and you may taste them. I don't know. Um, he says he's reviewing his water report, though. So it sounds like yeah. he didn't. Uh, Not a I, notice. Right. I don't uh, think, I don't think that's, that's like the issue. But he's uh, right. using uh, potassium metabosulfite take care of those compounds as well um i don't know i i don't think so um i don't think about i don't think but that, I, I don't think that's the issue either no i don't think so either i mean it's you know i haven't ruled out wild yeast or microorganisms well why don't you that's your first step right there dude tony for god's sakes <laughs> have you learned Sanitize. nothing on this show yes Clean, clean, and then sanitize. Right, um, but that's that is probably the 
the answer. Um, uh-huh. The metabosulfite shouldn't have anything to do with it. Um, and I doubt he's getting, oh, you know, chlorophenols building up that would uh, also can make that make that same kind of phenolic flavor. Uh-huh. Um, could be yeast stress too. Um, well, you know, as, uh, of his normal brewer strain. Um, yeah, but without the the uh, gene to produce the phenolic uh, flavors, I mean, you wouldn't think that there's that's necessarily going to be an issue. Yeah. So I would think that uh, you know it's got to be you know something else, but uh, an easy an easy thing to do is to uh, do a forced wort test, you know, before you pitch your yeast and see if you're getting. Uh, uh, any fermentation or phenolic flavors from that, and yeah. then uh, you know it could be the the pitch of yeast. Um, you know, some people get uh, you know it depends on what the source of that is. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I you say probably not on these. Uh, right, the metabisulfite is not a sanitizer. Um, the reason we recommend it for adding to you know, mash water, uh, brewing water, is because it's very effective at chemically reducing the chlorides, uh, the chlorine and chloramine in the water that's used as residual disinfectant. Um, and you would, you know, your the chlorine would typically boil off during the heating of the water, um, you know, first strike, but chloramine doesn't. And so adding... A metabisulfite tablet will clean that up. It'll chemically reduce it from chlorine and chloramine to chloride and sulfate. Well, and my my favorite thing is, you know, if he just used a carbon filter, he'd remove that and he'd remove these other things as well. True. It would also be removed by a carbon filter. So, well, just, right? as, I, as I found out at my recent MBA uh, conference... Um, Carbon filters are pretty good at uh, reducing the chloride, uh, sorry, the chlorine to chloride. Um, they do that uh, in a chemical reduction reaction, but removal of other organics such as the HAA5 or um, other, you know, pesticides, biocides, whatever they're in the water, that takes a longer empty bed contact time, uh, somewhere in the order of like half an hour. So you got to yeah. run it through there really slow. Uh, it depends on the uh, the carbon, right? The type of carbon, uh, yeah, the, the format the, of the carbon, types of carbon, yeah. types of organic. You buy you're the, trying to remove the just cheap ass thing like the uh, Brita filters and all that. Um, yeah. you know, uh, probably not. But you get a, a good. Uh, there's all sorts of different grades of carbon that uh, some much more effective at uh, the organics than others, right? Right. Yeah, basically, if you if you're if you're a brewery and have you know contracted to have a carbon filter installed, you know, general, then you've got a system that's been designed for your water usage. Whereas if you go to Home Depot and get the home unit and put it in, you're probably not getting rid of as much as you hope to, mm-hmm. um, because it probably doesn't have the the sheer amount of carbon in it to give the time for the water, you know, for those contaminants to be absorbed mm-hmm. by the carbon. 
Chris uh, from Australia writes, uh, in the Water Revisited show, John states, this is from uh, May 13th, 2013, John states that the optimum pH range for mashing is 5.2 to 5.6 at room temperature, and then mentions that the enzymes work better at higher pH levels, but this leads to a harsher bitterness from hops during the boil. One, what does work better mean in this context? Yeah, you're going to need, need to be more precise, John. Let's just work better. Faster? No, no. This higher keeps conversion? people writing in with questions. <laughs> yeah, half, half answer results in uh, ten more questions. Uh, what does this mean in this context? Faster, higher conversion, or both, or something else? And uh, his second part of his question is, what do you think about mashing at a higher pH, then acidifying the wort in the kettle down to the optimum pre-boil pH before adding the first hops? Okay, well, that's a dumb idea. Um, the- <laughs> Answering the question or doing half an answer? Huh? Huh? I think Chris uh, has you here. Yeah, half a question. The Okay, what do I mean by better? Well, the enzymes work better they work faster uh at higher ph um their synergy is a little better at closer to ph 6 than they are say down around 5 2 to 5 6 but i'm talking you know 1% 2% somewhere in there I'm, I'm talking small differences um i would have been better off just not mentioning it um the the problem with mashing at higher temperatures and then trying to acidify the wort afterwards is that uh, you're acidifying the wort. You're adding, you know, some chemical, you know, whether it's phosphoric acid, lactic acid, or extra calcium and magnesium or something to bring that pH down rather than just, um, you know, mashing at the correct um, range and getting a good tasting wort out of that that'll convert in, you know, say 45 minutes versus 40 minutes. Um, You know, not that big a difference uh, for a lot of extra work in trying to, you know, keep the pH higher than drive it lower after the fact. I mean, there's really, there's no, no real benefit to you as a brewer in trying to mash higher than acidify. If you if you're trying to do it to get higher hop utilization, uh, what have we explained in the in the water book is that um, you don't simply get higher hop utilization, higher hop bitterness. You also get a different bitterness. You get a you get a coarser bitterness uh, out of the hop. Um, Colin states that you know, and other brewers have stated that it's it's like you're brewing with a different hop. You know, um, it, it's not the same. It's not it's not equivalent to say just adding more you know citra or or columbus to the match it's like you're brewing with a different hop altogether mm-hmm. all right here's your answer chris all right let's take another uh, quick break and we'll be, 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 be back right after it's this wrong, folks. when i order a beer i want my server to know more about it than i do I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. 
I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Lohr. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. But, Doctor, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha <laughs> Yes, J.P. Lohr, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and brewing brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. 
to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right. We're uh, taking them in and pounding them out. That's right. Just reminds me of our fine sponsor, Adam and Eve. (laughs) Taking them in and pounding them out. That's right. Check them out, adamandeve.com. For a limited time only, if you go to uh, adamandeve.com and use the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, you're going to get 50% off of just about any one item you purchase. And with that, they're going to give you three free adult DVDs of your choosing. You get to choose from genres such as uh, anal, amateur, Asian, uh, Big Butts, MILFs. uh, Muppets. Muppets, uh, soulless gingers, uh, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and uh, and then they're going to give you a free extra gift, and they're going to give you free shipping on the whole thing. So you use the offer code Jamel. You get 50% off an item. You, you, that's the only thing you're buying, this one item at half price. And then you get the three free DVDs. You get the free extra gift, and you get free shipping. Amazing. It's quite the deal. They want you to come and give it a try and uh, come and give it a try. <laughs> give it a try and come. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. All right. <clears throat> but check them out. AdamandEve.com. They even have a mobile site so you can go in from, you can be uh, checking it out from your phone. You know, next time you go to the bathroom, lock the door, pull out the phone, check out the AdamandEve.com. Uh, All right. Uh, Justin writes... Uh, I have been using uh, 5.2 pH buffer when I when do people take a moment to proofread your damn questions uh, <laughs> I've been using 5.2 pH buffer when do my mash this seemed work better with pale beers maybe you did proofread he's just yeah. Asian <laughs> I don't know I'm making it a little or worse taunting. than it actually is uh, any red or brown ale seem to have a funny aftertaste I want to take my brewing to the next level. Can you comment on this 5.2 pH buffer, whether it's even worth using or if it's a great product? I'm still working on getting a water report, but I live in Russell, Manitoba, Canada. Canada. America's hat. Well, seems to work. He's using 5.2. Seems to work better with pale beers. Any red or brown ales seem to have a funny aftertaste. Hmm. Well, I don't know whether to lay the blame on 5.2. I think um, you should take the blame yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's John's fault. It's my fault for recommending that people brew red and brown beers. Um, yeah. I Okay, here's, here's, my, here's my position on 5.2. Um, I don't recommend it. Why? Because if you understand water, if you understand, if you can get a water report and look at the mineral levels and understand the concept of residual alkalinity, how that's going to drive your mash pH and make either salt additions or acid additions or RO water additions and measure your mash pH and get in the right range, then you don't need 5.2. In other words, you don't need to apply a Band-Aid that can and, ha- and does 
have a off flavor associated with it at high concentrations that i mean you don't you don't need to put this in your beer if you understand water now i understand that a lot of people haven't been able to understand water yet and want to use 5.2 to help them uh, get into the right mash ph range um and if you're you can brew beers such as pale beers and you like them with 5.2's help then great well, let me put it, put it for you in some other words that people will understand here, John. Okay. Uh, so, your fat load, and a company comes out with a pill that you can take that's going to make you less of a fat load. You take that pill, and maybe it helps, maybe it doesn't. And, you know, you do it because you're a fat load, and you, uh, you think that this is going to help, and it's the easy way out. In reality, what you need to do is exercise, watch what you eat, uh, you know, stuff like that. Now, I can speak because I'm a fat load, but I do know that by taking that pill, it's not going to do me any good. I need to do the hard work. That's right. So, John, what you're saying is instead of falling for the easy way out that that may or may not help in this case, I'm, I'm sure it works for for. Uh, 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 it's it's not yeah. a horrible product or anything. It's it's an no. easy way to get you close to what you want to do, but may or may not be the the best solution in all cases. The best Especially solution, if you're is, trying to take your beer to the next level, yeah. The best solution is doing the hard work, doing the exercise, eating the right vegetables, things like that. Stop mm-hmm. sucking on the lard popsicles. You know, go with the, uh, yeah. go with the, you know. Put down that bag of Chips Ahoy. Put, yeah, put down the Chips Ahoy. Pick up a copy of uh, the water book that uh, Colin and uh, and John just wrote. And, uh, you know, do, do put the exercise in. Put the put the work in. Understand, uh, you know. Uh, what what chapters in the water book should people read, John, to, to get that, to get them off the crutch of using... Uh, you know, uh, a, a buffer system like this. What is there like a single chapter that if they ju- were just read that, maybe they they'd be able to to make some adjustments. Um, chapter seven, seven is all about is adjusting water for style. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to read actually, the whole damn thing, you, don't you? You got to read well, every freaking page in that the book. Is that no, what you're saying? I would I would say chapters uh, four, five, and Four, five, six, and seven. Four, maybe four five, five, and seven. Six, seven, eight. Should no. we go one through twenty? <laughs> now, the, if I had, do we if need I had to read the introduction? Just two oh. chapters to read. Uh huh. I would read chapter fifteen and how to brew, uh-huh. and then chapter seven in water. Well, there you go. And read those two chapters on the exercise bike, right? While there you're you sucking go. on a lard popsicle. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, and I, I think you know. Again, I, I think you know. I've known some people that have used the the five two, and and their beers turn out fine. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what you're saying is, you know, it's, it's not always going to be the best solution for you. The best solution is not a miracle cure. It's you know doing the hard work, uh, yeah. and it's not that hard of work. You've you've done the hard work in writing the book. They just need to read that. You know, maybe a couple of times to fully understand it, and then uh, go down that road. So. Your first step, buy a copy of uh, How to Brew if you haven't. Your second step, buy a copy of the Water Book if you haven't. Read Chapter 15 in How to Brew. Read Chapter 7 in the Water Book. 
You'll be well on your way. It's much easier than you think. I think the problem people have had with water in the past is they over-adjust their water, and that's that's where right. all the horrible things happen. All right. Uh, another quick question here. Uh, Ricardo writes... Uh, a technical question. I use the brew in a bag method. I live in Munich, thus brew with Munich water. Munich water has sufficient calcium and magnesium, but per calculations, when Munich water is boiled and cooled down, the calcium and magnesium precipitate as carbonate salts. Calculations indicate almost all calcium and car- carbonate precipitates. So if I just transfer all but the bottom water to another container, I can almost start from zero, adding gypsum and or calcium chloride and or magnesium chloride to the now soft water the two-part question what happens if i boil the water let it cool but leave the precipitate in the pot will this precipitate stay in the bottom throughout the boil and fermentation or will it go partially or totally back into solution what happens if i do not boil the water but just the regular mash and boil wouldn't the calcium and magnesium precipitate with the carbonate will it stay in solution partially or totally because of the ph by the way i adjust my mashes to 5.2 to 5.3 with lactic or citric acid. Not very Reinheitsgebot, I admit. Thanks so much in advance. Okay, well, this is a good question. Um, we're, we're dealing with a couple issues. One, uh, decarbonation by boiling, and then decarbonation by just heating. Um, when you heat the water to strike temperature, you are reducing the you're reducing the amount the, the the amount of carbon dioxide that can be dissolved in that water so the carbon dioxide is going to coalesce it's going to you know um, create large bubbles if you agitate that water the carbon dioxide will boil out it'll you know fizz um, maybe you've seen this in your in your hot liquor tanks when you're heating it up to strike temperature you know, you you're looking at it. You give it a stir with your with your mash paddle, and all of a sudden it fizzes, and you know, you some gas comes off. Well, that's that carbon dioxide. As soon as you do that, um, you get micro uh, precipitation of calcium carbonate and magnesium carbonate. Um, but it's micro precipitation. Uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna settle out. It'll settle out if you then cool the water. And let it settle, settle overnight. Then you'll get a fine film of it on the bottom, depending on how much there's there. But if you just proceed to your mash, a lot of that will uh, go back into solution. It participates in the residual alkalinity uh, relationship. So you will have higher uh, alkalinity than if you had allowed it to settle out overnight. Um. Looking at, he sent along a water report that said, among other things, that he had 75 ppm of calcium and about 240 ppm of bicarbonate. Um, so, 240 ppm of bicarbonate is similar to like uh, 200, 220 of uh, total alkalinity as calcium carbonate. So, um, you know, um, and if you do an equivalent balance of how many equivalents of calcium will react with how many equivalents of um, bicarbonate, you'd find that after boiling and decanting, um, your final mineral concentration in the in the boiled and decanted water 
would be about 20 parts per million of calcium, which is not enough to, to have a good brew with, and still 120 parts per million of bicarbonate, which is more than you want. Um, this would So in essence, what I'm saying is that boiling decanting um, is not a really good solution here because you end up with less calcium and still relatively high levels of bicarbonate. Um, so... What should he do if he wants to use this water? Um, well, you could you could dilute it with RO water to you know cut your bicarbonate levels to half or a third um, by you know, diluting with you know one to one or two to one with RO water, or you could simply add more calcium, such as the calcium chloride or calcium sulfate, to the water ahead of time, and then stir and you will still get um, the um, calcium carbonate precipitate but because you've added more calcium to the water that's you're able to precipitate more uh, bicarbonate out of the water right now the water as is it's bicarbonate heavy and so after decarbonation you still have quite a bit of alkalinity left over if you add more calcium and magnesium ahead of time these will now become more of a one-to-one, and he can get a better uh, decarbonation and clarification of the water that way. Yeah. That makes sense to you? Of course. Well, I said, in your estimation, did I say that clearly enough for my our audience to understand? <laughs> you want me to do another fat popsicle? Uh... <laughs> Please. Uh, just joke. Uh, all right. No, uh, what we need is one last real quick break, and then we'll wrap up the show right after this. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape. We've been supplying brewers in Australia for over 20 years and for all that time we've been working to offer the best products and service around, including free fortnightly all-grain brewing demos, 90 varieties of malted grain from Belgium, Germany, the US, Britain and Australia, equipment from Browmeisters, kegerators, beer engines from Crown Urns to the humble brew in a bag bag. Heaps of hops, Y yeast liquid and fermenters and Danstar dried yeast cultures. Fresh wort kits made on the 500 litre Braumeister right here in the warehouse. We also sponsor and support brewing clubs and comps, the Australian National Home Brewing Conference, Aussie Home Brewer Forum and heaps more. Mostly though, 100 years of brewing experience means that we can give you the best advice on your next recipe, your new system or that brewing problem that needs a solution. 
Mention the Brewing Network next time you order online or by phone to receive half-price shipping. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. One of the last things many brewers try to master is the ingredient that makes up most of their beer, water. Brewers Publications is pleased to announce Water, a comprehensive guide for brewers of all levels by How to Brew author John Palmer and professional brewer Colin Kaminsky. Hi, I'm John Palmer. This book is the result of many years of asking the tough questions about water to professional brewers and brewing scientists, and we are very pleased with how it turned out. It's the first book that is solely about water treatment throughout the brewing process. The book is intended for all brewers, from homebrewers to professionals, and we hope you like it. From how to read a water report to treating your wastewater and everything in between, water is the comprehensive guide you've always wanted on brewing's least understood ingredient. Flavor contributions, water chemistry, and adjusting water to styles of beer. John and Colin will teach you everything you need to know. Water is available from brewerspublications.com and fine brewing booksellers near you. Take the mystery out of your brewing water. Visit brewerspublications.com for your copy of Water today. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. <laughs> I don't know why why our show would be considered disgusting. Yeah, it was kind of theme too. I mean, maybe the th- some of the things I say are disgusting. The lard popsicle that was that was disgusting. <laughs> a little disgusting. Yes, yes. I called all our listeners fat loads. They, well, that would they, they they are disgusting in that case. right, right. Yeah, so there you go. Um, We're just telling it like it is. <laughs> exactly. We're all disgusting. Well, I, I think that this was a great show, and I think that. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to, where we can, I think we group the uh, Q&A questions together for kind of a mini topic. I think it's kind of an, a nice way to go. I, I think so, too. And uh, we've got a few questions left, but we're out of time. And what I'm thinking is, all you folks listening, if we didn't answer your water question, send in your water question. Uh, send it to mm-hmm. Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And we'll lump it into another water show. We'll do, you know, we'll, every time we get topics like this, uh, you know, and, and if you got questions around another topic, send them in yeast or, you know, whatever it might be, malts, hops, some certain process. I'm going to keep looking through them and grouping them together, and I think we'll we'll have a good uh, good chance there. And then uh, if you want to listen live, then Scott can uh, get your feedback and questions as well. We got anything that uh, 
we wanted to uh, mention here, Scott? Yeah, Spider Wrangler made a comment in the Spidey. chat um, from a topic from a couple segments ago. He said, a 2006 study on HAAs found that boiling and storing or storing without boiling had no effects on levels, but home filtering, like a Brita, uh, reduces levels by 66%. Well, there you go. And I, I, uh-huh. I imagine a, an even better quality uh, carbon, longer contact time. Uh, can can reduce it even even more, I, you know. I, I think, um, but I I, I got to think that that problem is is coming from somewhere else, most likely. Yeah, you know, if it's Probably not water related, safe levels. You know, a lot of people are brewing with that stuff in the water. So, you know, there you go. It's probably rotting your liver out, but uh, <laughs> you're probably not tasting it. There you go. All right, another fine show. Uh, if you're listening live, stay tuned. We're going to uh, do another Q&A topic show right after this. So uh, lots of fun coming up. Uh, if you want to keep the fun going, check out our great sponsors. Check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Go there and uh, check out all their, their fine goodies. And uh, speaking of fine goodies, uh, browse by Adam and Eve as well. Uh, more fine goodies in the Brewing Network store. There's uh, lots of books. There's the water book. You can get that yeah. from the, the Brewing Network store. Uh, TheBrewingNetwork.com slash store. What about extra cycles? Can you get those at the BN store? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get uh, <laughs> more magic boner pills probably, you know, uh, there as well. And books and hats and hoodies and glassware and growlers and just so many good things that when you buy those things, you get a, a cool item because they've all been vetted by the Brewing Network crack staff. And uh, it goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. So check it out. Uh, really helps uh, keep shows like this on the air. Till then, Bruce Strong, everybody. Bruce Strong.